You are listening to the Gable Media Continuing Education Podcast Feed, the most entertaining and convenient way for AEC professionals to get continuing education credits, including AIA-approved courses. As a Gable member, just listen and follow the link in the show notes to take a brief quiz and obtain your credit today. Enjoy. Think about the last time you booked a flight. Did you use Expedia or Kayak or Travelocity to find the cheapest fare? Or was there something about a particular airline that made you go directly to their website and book your flight specifically with their airline? Maybe you're a member of an airline's frequent flyer program. In a world where we all face increasing competition and commoditization, when the internet is littered with aggregating sites whose sole purpose is to help you find the lowest price, what could possibly make an airline different? There's no shortage of stories about how Southwest Airlines is different, but listen as Barry Chandler, a co-founder of StoryForge, recounts a particularly poignant experience one mom recently had. Another great story I love is the uh, a recent story of a woman who was on a Southwest flight uh, leaving Atlanta and the, the, the plane was taxiing down the runway when a call came into the airport to say that this woman's son had been involved in a, in a car accident in Chicago. So rather than let the flight take off, they brought the flight back to the gate, they deboarded the woman, brought her to a private room and sat her down to explain to her that while her son had been in an accident, he was okay. He was in a hospital in Chicago, but she shouldn't worry because they'd rebooked her on a flight to Chicago, leaving in the next few minutes. Not only that, they'd packed her a lunch, and when she'd get to the airport in Chicago, they'd have a car waiting for her to take her to the hospital. The next day, Southwest called her to find out how her son was doing. Again, this is not the action of, an, of a company purely driven by the bottom line, but a company that we all can get behind when we hear stories like this. I'm Jeff Eccles, and you're listening to Episode 4 of the Build Your Brand Podcast. If you missed the first three episodes, you can go back and listen to those episodes in order. Build Your Brand is the podcast mini-series where I explore how the best brands in the world think differently and act differently on their way to becoming the best, and what you can learn from them, because no matter the size, the journey is the same. Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, said, Your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. I think that quote may be the most important statement in the last 10 years about business and the world of branding and marketing. Do you know what your clients and past clients say about you? Do you know what your employees say about you when you aren't in the room? Do they say you're the best? That you're the cheapest? Do they say you're different from other architects? We're all being commoditized, and it's our own fault. If you're an early morning podcast listener and you haven't had your coffee yet, that statement may have just jolted you awake. The problem is, it's a true statement. What does it mean to be commoditized? Or who or what can be commoditized? You're probably familiar with the idea of branding cattle. That's how you tell one rancher's cows from the neighbor rancher's cows. The practice dates back as far as the ancient Egyptians. If we fast forward a few thousand years, brands, logos, trademarks, and the like began to be used on the outside of packaging or on products that looked, maybe even functioned, 
a lot like a competitor's product. Basically, we've been marking things so that we can tell them apart for a really long time. The point is, we're trying to protect our value by saying, that's mine and that's hers. But we're also trying to protect our value by saying, don't confuse us because we're better or different than them. The bottom line is that we're all trying to avoid the reality that if we look the same, sound the same, and act the same as everyone else, well, we're a commodity. If there's nothing different between us and our closest competitor, why would a client choose us over them? Why would they value us over them? Back in 2016, when he wrote, Thank You for Being Late, Thomas Friedman talked about a perfect storm of technology advances, environmental factors, and the unprecedented availability of information that all came together to create what he calls the age of acceleration. We're in an age of increasing noise and distraction, an age when disruption is happening faster than ever. And if you believe Thomas Friedman, these changes are only going to get bigger and happen faster. But in practical terms, what does this mean in the business world? If you're an airline, it may mean that there are lots of websites out there trying to reduce you to the lowest common denominator just to make it easier for travelers to choose between you and your competitors when it's time to book their next flight. Since you're probably not an airline, Imagine the day when a CEO in Nashville, Tennessee can say to the Alexa in her office, Alexa, I need to build a new medical office building. Who should I call? Then imagine that the Alexa in the CEO's office says, here are four options. Would you like me to connect you now? Is the Alexa situation any different to an architect than the idea of Expedia stripping away any differentiation from an airline and comparing flights based strictly on cost. The problem with the Alexa example is that I started the story by saying, imagine. In actuality, any one of your potential clients could ask their smart speaker a similar question and receive similar results. Today. Here are a few nearby ones. One. Architects, two, studio architecture, and three, design studio. You can ask me for things like, what's the address for the first one? Our correspondent Don Porta was telling me the story of a couple that spends a lot of time on Southwest Airlines flights in a very memorable event in their lives. Hi, Don. Hi, Jeff. So I hear there was a wedding on a Southwest flight a while back. There sure was. How did that come about? Well, it may be the first in-flight wedding ever, but Keith and Dottie Stewart, a couple of very loyal Southwest frequent business travelers. How frequent? Well, according to the couple, they had well over 1 million frequent flyer points. That's frequent. Yes, apparently they fly five days a week on Southwest Airlines, and neither one is a Southwest employee, by the way. And when they decided to get married, they said it really only made sense to do it on an airplane in flight. Well, when they reached out to Southwest, they were all in. And the couple was married on a nonstop flight between Nashville and Dallas. Their respective terminals were decorated. There was a band. They had a flower girl on the plane. 
and they use their frequent flyer points to fly in and bring along 30 family members. Wow. The other hundred or so passengers on the flight were unsuspecting wedding guests. Well, that's something I've never experienced. No, it's a completely unique experience. And another example of Southwest Airlines taking part and celebrating and telling the story of their customers. Exactly. That's great. Thanks, Dawn. You're welcome, Jeff. That's correspondent Dawn Porta, who you'll hear from time to time on the Build Your Brand podcast. Southwest Airlines has embraced the idea that's conveyed in the Jeff Bezos quote. In fact, for all the sales and marketing that they do, you will not find their flights on Expedia or Kayak or Travelocity. They've intentionally stayed as far away from the commodity world as possible. Yes, they're a low-cost airline that survives on good management and volume of sales, but they don't act like it. Even though they're the most profitable airline in the history of manned flight, there's another lesson to be learned. Here's Barry Chandler again. So Southwest stands for something. They stand for something greater than profit, and it it defines everything that they do. It informs every initiative. What do you stand for, and what do you stand against? What would you never do because of who you are, because of what your brand purpose truly is? If you don't know what your brand purpose is, if you don't know what informs the decisions you make beyond profit, then you may end up competing on price alone, and Southwest competitors have seen the results of doing that. One of the big takeaways here for architects has to be that no matter how much you invest in your rebrand, updating your website photos and logo and business cards, those probably aren't the reasons that clients are going to choose you over your competitors. And they certainly aren't the reasons your client will value you over your competitors. In previous episodes, Ms. Moyer's 8th grade language arts class has joined us to give their expert opinions on what architects say. If you didn't catch their responses, you can go back to episodes 2 and 3 and give it a listen. They've been interesting and honest, but now I wanted to know what they thought about the images architects use. I selected a number of websites of firms from all around the world to get their reaction. What do you think that is? It looks like wood. It looks like wood. It looks like wood. Concrete walls. Concrete walls, yeah. Layers of slowly decaying concrete. Layers of slowly decaying concrete. So, so both of you are on track. It is concrete and it is layers, but they actually designed it to look that way. So there's that. But the question is, I found this on the front page of somebody's website. So if you needed to hire an architect for something and you landed on a website and had this picture, what would you think? What's the point? What's the point? Why Why even waste materials? It's a nice photography. What's what's the meaning of the picture? Yeah, it's a great photography. It's a great picture. Just shows off like the photographer more than the actual skill. Okay. All right. Let's look at another one. So, can somebody describe what this picture looks like? White. A logo. Some type of advertising. 
That's so on the front page of this website, this this little logo stays um, where it is, stays in that spot, and then those waves actually do crash together and then move on. So again, you're gonna hire an architect and you land on their web page and this is what you see. What do you think? You think you'd be on the wrong page. Why? This doesn't show anything about moving. Yeah. A beach house, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Why do you even have that on? Very nice yeah. picture. <laughs> Why not do a different picture? Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair, right? Does it say anything about buildings or architecture at all? No. 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 Okay. Does it have to? You know, if you land on a web page, does it have to? Kind of. Am I looking, looking for, for an architect? architect? If you really need to, I would say yeah. Unfortunately, architects are often guilty of looking the same as every other architect, at least in the eyes of their clients, or even worse, using pictures that make eighth graders say, what's the point? If you look the same, sound the same, and act the same as everyone else, you are a commodity. The big question is, what are your clients and employees, your frequent flyers, so to speak, what are they saying about you? That's your real brand. Earlier in the episode, Dawn told us the story of Keith and Dottie Stewart. They only fly Southwest Airlines. They could fly Delta or United or JetBlue, but for some reason they don't. They could use Expedia or Priceline to book flights, but they don't. There's something different about Southwest Airlines that makes the Stewarts value them over all other airlines. And it's not their slogan or logo, or the colors on their Boeing 737 airplanes. It's not even the 1 million plus frequent flyer points they have, but they value them enough to make them a big part of one of the most important days of their entire lives. I'm fairly certain that if Southwest Airlines looked the same, sounded the same, and act the same as every other airline, the stewards would have found a different venue for their wedding. Much of what we've talked about in this episode, many of the things that Southwest Airlines does, many of the reasons that Southwest has become a beloved brand to many of their customers, they cost Southwest very little to nothing. In the end, what's moving the needle for Southwest is a strict adherence to a small set of simple principles. Give people the freedom to fly and connect them to what matters most in their lives. That's it. Everything else spins out from there. These are things you can do, things you need to do, and they don't have to cost a lot. In fact, getting clear on your purpose and principles and building a culture of serving your clients based on those principles may actually save you time and money. Before I wrap up this episode, I have to say thank you to our sponsors. Without their support, the Build Your Brand podcast wouldn't be possible. And a special thank you to Miss Moyer's 8th graders at Raymond Park Middle School in Indianapolis, Indiana for their unbridled candor and enthusiasm. Join me in the next episode of the Build Your Brand podcast as I explore the basics of brand storytelling and we look at a Southwest Airlines program that has to go down as one of the most amazing examples of brand storytelling of all time. I wonder what architects can learn from that campaign.